podcast. Hello and welcome to Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. And what is episode number 80 of, again, I don't know how many there's going to be at the minute because they ain't got no crystal ball. You don't, they don't call me the mind freak, Chris Angel. They call me David Robert Elliott because that's my full name. Some of you might have known that's my middle name. But there you have it, D-Bob, you know, in the, his house. Oh, whoa. Sorry about that, guys. I've lost a run on myself a little bit to start the podcast here. Um, something happened to me today that, you know, you know, it shouldn't happen to anybody, you know, but it happened to me. It's making me feel grumpy. It's making me feel agitated. It's making me feel tense. And what was that, I hear you ask? Somebody parked outside my house. Now, the person who parked outside my house wasn't visiting my house. Wasn't somebody I knew. Wasn't my wife. Wasn't my parents. Wasn't my in-laws. Wasn't me. It was a car that I don't know why it was there, but it was there. Now... Do I know fine well that if said car pays its taxes that is allowed to park outside my house? Technically, yes, but I don't like it. Why, why are you there? You know, why are you doing that? Never look out and go, you know, like at the particular time, there was no need for me to park outside my house, but had I wanted to, you know, um, and I didn't like it. Now, do I have a driveway with, with, with enough space for two cars? Yes, but, you know, do I rather have... You know, space outside my house if I want it. Yes. You know, do I maybe think that there's some kind of KGB conspiracy going on? Possibly. You know, but I don't like it. And it's another one of those rational things that um, become irrational. You know, it's one of those things that you can look at and go so objectively and go, hey, there's just a random car parked outside my house. You know, that's fair enough. But then I'm looking down the street and seeing loads of space. You know, I live in a cul-de-sac you know the c-u-l the s-a-c not like scrotum but just culda you know and i'm looking out and i see loads of free driveway space loads of free street space so why is this jabroni decided to park outside my house you know naturally um i stood outside uh, in my garden looking to see where said person was or where they were possibly going and to no avail. So I did what any rational thinking person would do and left left them to it. No, I didn't. I stood and stared out my window and I waited for the person to return. Was it two hours and 53 minutes? Yes. Did I see who it was? Yes. And who was it? A Christian aid person. Boo. First and foremost, I don't like Christian aid. Why? Because they park outside my house. Secondly, I don't like the fact that the said Christian aid guy knocked on my door whenever I just sat down in the toilet. So he's knocking the door. Charlie, my dog's going bark, barkity, bark, because that's what dogs do. And my daughter, Holly, starts screaming as well. She's actually just walking around at the door. So... Um, the, the Christian 8 guy is probably thinking, oh, it's an abandoned child with a dog just barking. When in fact, he doesn't realise that I've just chopped off a length. You know, I'm just sitting in the toilet after, you know, you can't just spring up with, you know, shit betwixt your cheeks. No, you need to get a wipe on. You need to make sure you get it all cleared away so you don't get itchy bum syndrome later in the day because nobody wants itchy bum syndrome. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I had to wipe, wipe and, had, and to be fair, 
due to the the scenario whereby said person at the door is probably going to phone social services and be like, hey, there's just a wild dog running about, caged in fact, in a living room, and a baby just running about with a tea towel and a, and a dustpan and brush. You know, they're probably thinking, oh, sure, that baby's just probably picked up that dustpan and brush from like a cupboard or something. No, I give her it and was like, look, if you make a mess, you clean it, tough love, that's what I'm about. You know, so I had to wipe my bum, go to the door, and then, you know, you know where you go to the door when you've been... You know if you've been disturbed from doing something, like I was on this occasion, automatically you go in defensive, you know? So I go in the door thinking to myself, this motherfucker better have a package that I want. He better be coming to this door and delivering me a 10-pack of Gold's Gym Stringer vests. You know, he better be delivering me some disco ball ended nipple rings because, hey, that's the only thing I'm going to be happy about going to the door for on this occasion. So I open the door and I'm like, yeah, not even hello, how are you? Yeah. And the guy goes, hmm, Christian aid? And I just went, and to be fair, polite, I was like, sorry, man, don't have coin. And he just sort of went, and then walked away, like, exasperated, like, oh, fuck's sake. You know, it's not my fault that I only deal in transactions that are over 1K. You know, it's not my fault that I just use card, whether it be debit, master, credit, gold, black, silver, platinum. You know, it's not my fault that I'm the card man. You know, Eric Cardman. It's not my fault that that's who I am. You know, and to be fair... Would I have possibly given Christian Aid some money if I had had some? Probably not, because in that particular circumstance, I'd just done the first bit of poo. Like, it wasn't even, you know, when it's the dregs at the end where you're basically done anyway. I still felt like I was dilating a bit, you know. I still felt like I could have been dropping. I could have been plop, plop, plop. I should have just kept plopping, you know. It's my house. I should have gone to the door with shit dropping from me and just being like, you player, you interrupted something you shouldn't have done there. You know, you've seen something you shouldn't have seen, you know. You deal with the consequences. Once again, throwing back the Game of Thrones reference, you know, that guy knocking at my door, that was Bran Stark, Series 1. You know, I'm Jimmy Lannister doing my business. I don't want to be disturbed by no Christian A guy, you know, and, and he should have been able to deal, deal with the consequences. I should have been able to push him out of a tower window like Jimmy Lannister did to Bran Stark, but it didn't, you know. I just politely said, nah, I ain't got no money, went back to my business and did that. But at that point, I was just disturbed. You know, I was just annoyed, frustrated. I still hadn't even noticed the car by this point. It was only after that that I saw that guy doing it. And to be fair, it made me feel even angrier. I thought, he's got me proper here. You know, he's gone and done me in proper. But I just wanted to say that um, parking outside someone's house, when when you're not going to that house, it's a no-no for me. I don't like it. You know, I don't think you should do it if you're one of these people that do it. You know, you and me, we ain't going to be friends. You know, you should never park outside someone's casa unless you're going to visit the castle, unless you're a guest of the king of the casa. You know, and when I'm the king of the casa, I want to invite people into my casa. I want to be like, hey, mi casa su casa, come into the casa, have a glass of vasa. You know what I mean? Enjoy yourself. Come in, have a glass of vasa with comedian Chantana Vasa. You know, have a good time. Whenever I'm the king of the castle, but not when you're an uninvited Christian, you know. I'm going to be declaring a war. I'm like the Holy Lands, you know, not like the literal Holy Lands in Belfast, but I'm talking the Middle East, 
you know, and I am throwing shade at Christian Aid. Whoa, I didn't even mean to rhyme there, but I'm just, I'm just, hey, I'm a freestyle guy, throwing shade at Christian Aid while drinking lemonade in Mikasa Sukasa with Shantana Vasa. Mikasa Sukasa, Rasta Fasta, Blasta Basta, yeah, play her, <laughs> you know. I should just be a freestyle MC. I can freestyle about anything. Like I'm looking at stuff in my room that I'm recording. I can see some flowers. I can see some water. I can see some, I know, jewellery or some shit. You know, because obviously that's just what there is. So, like, I'm looking at these pink flowers. They're in a jar. I don't like whenever you're outside my house in a car that ain't coming into my casa. I've got the vasa. Yeah. <laughs> jewellery. I'm wearing jewellery. I'm freestyle MC called DAV. Welcome to the Weird Podcast. This is the episode you thought it wouldn't last, but I don't care, cause I'm so fresh, fresh to death, like I'm Baelish. Another reference from Game of Thrones, cause I love to speak Irish. Chicka chaka, Gallagher go go. We need an Irish language act for show show. Not why the DUP is still in government, cause they don't like that. Shit. Yeah, that wasn't even... It turned into a nice song in the end. But that's why it's a weird podcast. We can go off on these tangents. We can lose a run of ourselves. We can just go a little bit silly, you know? And that's just why it is. Speaking of silly, do you see the big boy on television this week? Um, Probably not, because not one person referenced the fact that I was, you know, on television for... You know, I'm talking a good five to ten seconds on... On UK-wide television, may I add, not just a local production, not there's anything wrong with that, I would I literally cut off some people's hands to get in some local productions, but at the same time, it was a it was a nationwide production on a TV show called John Bishop's Ireland. I know some people have been listening to the Weird Podcast um, in days of yore um, are aware that I had talked about having... Uh, John Bishop at Pug Ugly's Comedy Club and said he was recording something for a wee show didn't know what the name of the show was at that point just um, knew there was going to be a show of some description where John Bishop was in Ireland doing some stand up and practising for the show but that's what it was called, John Bishop's Ireland and it was a nice wee episode, he came up the the Belfast scooted about there, did the tour of the murals and you know, went around West Belfast and found out, like, a lot of the taxi drivers are ex-prisoners. Shocker. He was like, what you trying to say? You're all ex-prisoners, mate. And he's like, the guy driving was like, oh, I fucking literally just out of McCabry. And he was like, was you involved in the troubles, mate? And he was like, nah, I just was, was done for, like, you know, GBH, just beat up my next-door neighbour. You know, try to steal some Ovaltine off him at night when I needed a wee fix before bed, you know. And he was like, that's great, mate. <laughs> the most insulting and terrible John Bishop impression ever. But, yeah, it was a good show. And John um, Bish, I'll just call him Bish, you know, because since we're BFF now, um, I can just say that, that he was a great guy, you know. He um, he didn't need to put me in his TV show. You know, he didn't need to do that. But, obviously, he felt that the introduction that I gave him on the night was so good that... He just had to include it. Um, but yeah, it was nice to be part of that. You know, it was nice to be involved in something like that. It was nice to be given an opportunity to, um, you know, work with somebody who is at the 
the pinnacle of, of what it is I want to be doing. You know, I'd love to be just, you know, I'd love to be full, like full time as a comedian would be, is my goal at the minute. That's my, my target. I feel it's attainable, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, to be able to do it full time and then be able to do it at that level whereby you can just go, I want to do a show and people are like, sweet, we'll do it. You know, that's basically what he did. He's like, yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of family in Ireland, you know, my, my family tree leads me back to Ireland. I'd like to explore that a bit of some fond memories of Ireland. I like to, to make a show about it and there's like sweet Joe, we've commissioned that. Show me we've done it. And that was what what was nice to be. And it was a good show too. You know, it was really interesting. It was funny. There were some nice bits in it. There was also some sad bits in it. It was just a great show. You know, it was nice um Friday night television and hopefully you know, there will come a time down the line again where I'll maybe be able to work with John Bishop again. You know, that would be would be lovely. But, you know, it was great to be to be on that and get the opportunity to do that and get to open for him on two two occasions. It was great fun. And then also to get Pug Ugly's Comedy Club out there as well, you know, to be able to showcase what a great room it is. By the way, I always say it's one of the best rooms in stand-up in Belfast. It's also genuinely, hopefully now, for those of you who haven't been, um, you get to see it on the telly, you get to realise how great a room it is. You know, things have been... I've been running the club now since August, and it's been going well. You know, for a new club, it's been going really well. I think there could definitely be, you know, a few things done a wee bit better or pushed a bit more, but in terms of of a comedy club, I think it's, it's doing really well. And in terms of nights... Um, in comedy that I've had genuinely some like I'd say maybe a couple, at least three of my top five nights in stand up have taken place in that room now and it's great when that happens you know being someone who's responsible for booking acts sorting PR promos posters booking worrying about getting an audience in you know it's a stressful thing so to actually see it going being on, on television getting such positive reviews you know, it's been it's been nice for that. You know, it's almost like I'm not saying the work's paying off because I know there's a load left to do, but it's nice to get a bit of recognition for it. You know, and it's been going really well. Um, and I just would would love it for more people to to turn up. So you haven't been to Pug Uglies yet on a Thursday. It's only a fiver for a ticket. You know, that's the thing. Five pounds in. You know, you can get bottles of Praha, buckets of it. I think you can get four four bottles in a bucket for tenner. You know, you can get Coors, two fifty a bottle. Um, you can get bottles of wine for twelve quid. So if you want to come and get completely scooped, you can do that in under in under twenty quid. You know what I mean? Go ahead and get a bottle of wine, funnel it. Don't speak. You know, hopefully you go to that level of drunk where you can't speak. You just sit there. But for sure, do that. Enjoy yourself. You know. And if you've been to the comedy club before, you know, spread the word. Put tweets out there. Put Instagrams out there. Let people know you've been there. You've had a good night. You know, last Thursday we had a packed house, sold out. We had myself on. Aaron Butler was opening, and she and Todd headlined. And I mean, it was a great night, really fun all around, and um, real packed out. Everybody was there for a good time, which is important too, because you can sometimes get audiences who, you know, maybe don't know it's a comedy club, or maybe have just looked for something to do and gone, here, I'll go upstairs and check that out. You know, but the, like, when you get an audience in there that know it's a comedy night, they're coming for a laugh. It's always brilliant. You know, and last Thursday was brilliant and I have high hopes 
for this Thursday coming as well because we've got myself on MC again, whoa shocker, and we've got Colin Geddes headlining, and then in support we have um, a guy who many people think is some kind of experiment, some sort of science experiment between mixing the genes of myself and Colin Geddes, and, and just you come up and you get this, um, albeit smaller and much more toned and in shape young gentleman James McKegney and I'm really looking forward to it I think, I think you know James is one of my sort of one of my favourite new guys if you will um, I think he's very funny as a dude you know um, as an actor and as a guy I think he's a really good fella you know, I think it's important you know sometimes you get gigs and you're like, oh yeah, somebody may be funny, but then they also may be difficult to hang around with. Not necessarily that you don't get on with them or anything, just hard to, you know, whereas I think James is a really funny comedian with a load of potential, as well as being a real sound guy to hang about with. So, you know, be sure to come down and check that out. It'll be a fun night for me because I get to spend a bit of time with some of my mates in the scene and also do comedy. So hopefully, you know, you'll pack out the place, come for a good time and it'll be another great night. Then the following week, I am uh, I'm on my holidays, mate. I'm going on holiday, so I won't be in, in Pugglegles. But I'm sure there'll be somebody there. I was going to say equally as good as me, but I mean, probably not. But there'll be somebody very good there, you know. I don't know why I'm stuck in this accent now. I'm lost. You know, I'm probably stuck in that accent because I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way. You know, I'm fucking absolutely shattered. Not because I've done anything draining, really, activity-wise. I've had a fairly chilled weekend, you know. I am, again, recording this podcast on a Sunday, the Lord's Day, but you know how I feel about Christians today, so don't worry about it. Um, But I had a chill weekend. I had Holly all day Saturday by myself. Now, that may, people may be going, oh, whoa, whoa, it's your daughter. You shock her. Sometimes you got to take her yourself. Yes, that's true, but sometimes, you know, you do things with her. You can take her out, take her to the park, do outdoor activities, tie her out, maybe pop around, see the grandparents, you know. That wasn't possible. My parents were on holidays. Catherine's parents were, I know what they're doing, just in, I don't know, Carrick Fergus or some shit. But they weren't available, and the weather was shit, so I was just stuck in the house. So I thought what I could do is, like, Holly quite likes, like, she got this horse, this rocking horse for Christmas that she's quite into at the minute. So she's like likes to just rock about in this rocking horse. And she just kind of likes horses generally. You know, she's quite a fan of horses, which, you know, is pretty cool for like a one-year-old to be into. So, you know, realizing that it's wet and not able to, to take her to see any horses or do anything outside, I thought, I'll do the second best thing. I'll play a little of Red Dead Redemption on my PlayStation 4 so she can just watch the horses. And you know what? She really enjoyed it. You know, she sat there for about two minutes and just watched and then the rest of the time just went about the living room wrecking things, you know, literally breaking ornaments for sure. Broke two ornaments um, and I had super glued them together. But did I get some time playing the PlayStation? Yes. Was it worth it? Yes. Then whenever we were done with that and she was bored, what did it do? Fetter. She had a bit of dinner. After dinner, thought, right, I'll go back in, play a bit more. I went, you know what? I've played too much. I need to do something a bit more like I need to bond with my daughter a bit more so what can we do went upstairs for a nap both of us you know I had a long week last week I had 
Um, I was doing Boytown quite late on Tuesday or Wednesday. I was in Lavery's and doing a true bill night, which was great fun as well. Again, probably said some stuff there they shouldn't have said, you know, because it's a true story night. I lose her on myself. I tell some real personal secrets. People learn a side of me that, uh, yeah, probably didn't need to know. But then probably on Thursday and then just come the weekend, I was completely zonked, you know, after a full day with her. So I went upstairs about two o'clock in the afternoon, brought Holly up with me. Normally you can't get her to sleep with you anymore. You know, see if she's a little baby, you could just lay her beside you and she'd have gone to sleep. Now, if you lay her down, she's like, nah, you're all right. I'd rather just get up and, you know, like open drawers and just throw clothes everywhere. Which, to be fair, if that's what she wants to do, normally I'll let her do that. You know, normally I'll just go, hey, Holly. I'll clear it up when you're in bed. I you know. I'll listen to James Blunt's Back to Bedlam album in my earphones. I'll cry because I realise that you just ruined my whole entire house. But hey, at least you'll be asleep. So I uh, brought her up, lay her down, and she just, you could see her going off. And I was like, this is brilliant. This is great. And then obviously, while she was nodding off, I was just fully asleep, clearly. And then next thing, about two o'clock, check my phone, and it's 10 past three. And I'm like, oh God, I've fallen asleep, terrible, you know. Where's Holly? Looked aside of me, there she is, snoring away. And I was like, yes, she's given me an hour and ten minutes sleep here. I have not rolled on top of her, you know. She is grand and I'm winning at life. Albeit it's three o'clock, I have to try and kill four hours until she gets to go to bed. So I just had to work things to do. Sorry, there's something going on here with my audio. Hopefully, there'll not be a major problem with it because that would just be terrible for everyone wanting to listen to the weird podcast on a, on a Monday morning. But yeah, so I managed to do that, and then all I had to do is kill a bit of time until until it was bedtime again. So what did I do on a rainy day? I went to Tesco's. Went to Tesco's, bought some ice cream, bought some Milky Bar buttons from her for her. And uh, I think I bought some mints and made homemade burgers for dinner while she just pottered about. Now, you're probably going, hmm, why are we eating burgers, man? You're not supposed to be a physique guy. And you know what I say to you? Yes, but I mean, I was having myself, again, Christian reference, a biblical Last Supper. On Saturday night, I decided to myself, yeah, I'm going to have burgers and I'm going to have some ice cream I'm going to maybe drink some Lucasade you know and then I'm just going to wake up on Sunday probably really needing a shit to be fair because it's a lot of food which you know would have been a terrible time for a Christian aid volunteer to call the door would be Sunday but it was Saturday he did that Saturday morning jerk but I got up and I was like right this is going to be game time you know, while I was in Tesco's buying ice cream and sweets for the baby to just get her to piss off um, and meat for burgers and cheese and shit, I also bought healthy food. Um, I got myself loads of veg, got some chicken, got some fish, got some avocados for my breakfast. I thought, you know what, if I want to start my healthy diet, I need to get straight on to a nice you know, a good fat breakfast, like not a not a good fat breakfast because I'm a fat guy. I mean, like a good fat, like there are good fats in my breakfast. 
because here's the biggest thing see if you're trying to lose fat you need to eat fat weird it doesn't make any sense but when i break it down it does long story short your body's a genius right your brain mightn't be you may be six two short planks you may be a complete fucktard but hey your body is smart you know if you're starving yourself of fat you've got fat in your body, your body will go, hey, baby, I need this fat, I'm keeping hold of this fat, you ain't getting it, I ain't burning it. Whereas if you're giving your body fat, it's just chugging away on that fat you're giving it, and the actual fat attached to you burns, whoa, science. That's what I'm all about. Guys, education, you know, my dialect's educating the world, my dialect is educating, you know, sat-nav systems, and Alexis, fuck Alexis Sanchez, just on a side note, but also... Um, I'm educating you with knowledge of fitness because that's what physique guy movement is all about. So I got up, I had some avocado, slice of brown granary toast. Avocado mushed up, bit of pepper, bit of salt bay. Bob's your uncle. We boiled egg over the top, shebang. Into me, delicious. Black coffee because I like my coffee like I like my man. Strong, black. The leaves are a real sweet taste in your mouth after you've finished. Mmm. But then when I was done, I was like, right, I'm going in to work out. Now, if you only tuned into the podcast this week and you don't know what I'm talking about, I have put together my, I say again, I say gym. I'm just going to call it a gym. It's just a workout space. You know, I used to have a workout space before I moved out of the house in my living room, but then it just became, you know, too messy in there. So I went on to Amazon, I was like, right, what do I need for a serious workout? I need to get myself a bench, you know, not for necessarily bench pressing because who needs that shit? You know, I just need an actual workout flat bench. I need um, a flooring, you know, I need actual flooring. That was the first thing I did. I ordered some gym flooring, lay that out, made a square space in my garage, lay the flooring out, put the bench on top of it, and already have some free weights, so I've got pretty heavy dumbbells that I can change I've got a barbell as well that if I'm looking to do some more compound movements I can drop that in um, I've got exercise resistance bands which are important for mobility and as, and as Conor McGregor would say they are important for mobility and movement the thing is you have to be able to move all your people will knock you unconscious that is the thing about it I used to fucking be good at Conor McGregor now I'm fucking shit because I'm practicing ages I've really scundered myself there having a scunder 200 but um yes we've got that in there and i was just able to oh brought a slam ball as well which is just like a medicine ball that doesn't bounce just slam it into the ground really works the old intercostals boom pop pop and yeah i was wearing a vest of course i was you know was it stringer no it was too it was too thick to be a stringer but i'll be back in the gym in the morning wearing a stringer um which will be great, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But that's day one done today. So I did um, basically a bit of a, a circuit type session today. I did, I split it into warm up, lower body, upper body and abs. So I did like a lot of balance stuff to warm up, shoulder taps, mobility, stretching, one legged lunges. Then for lower body, again, I'm not doing heavy weights because I'm a fat guy. You know, I'm trying to cut my body fat while keeping some of my muscle. So I'm focusing more on doing squats that are you know just holding lighter weights so with 12 kilogram kettlebell you know i'm just doing the squats 
holding the 12 kilograms kettlebell but rather than doing like four or five reps i'm doing 20 reps right down on my ass touching the bench so it's a burner you know so i did 20 of those times three and then i did 20 kettlebell swings which is an exhausting exercise did that and then moved into press-ups bent over row shoulder press bicep curls tricep extensions ball slams and then just finished on some side bends with a kettlebell and some crunches and did that set three times, which by the end, I was ready to be sick, you know, having not trained properly since I left the house. You know, I've had a couple of sessions here and there, but not like consistently and like to that extent, you know, it's been maybe going to the gym, catching up with a few mates, maybe doing six preacher curls and going for a shower. You know, this was a proper isolated tough workout and it's kind of banjacks me for the whole day like now i'm feeling like um i'm recording this podcast at 10 to 8 this is now so be doing this for half an hour at this stage and already i'm like as soon as this is done i'm gonna go to bed you know i'm just gonna take myself to bed and get a good night's sleep get up at six in the morning get into that garage and get a pump on you know, try and get back in the routine of things because let's be fair my routine's gonna be sh- shook up a bit in a week when i go on my holidays but um I think Catherine, she's starting to get back and do a bit of training herself this week. So if she's back training and dieting properly, I'll be back. You know, it'll be easier to stick to if, if you've got something to do it with you. And then for on holidays, we'll be wanting to walk and stuff and not maybe gorge out too much. So I'm going to try while I'm on holiday to have maybe just one meal a day that's that's like whatever. You know, whatever I want to eat, I'll eat it one meal a day. Whereas I'll maybe watch what I'm having for breakfast and lunch. You know, just try to, you know balance out the calories a bit and then whenever we're away with holiday that's the key is to just try and tire out you know it's everyone's like oh you go and enjoy the holiday and relax nah you go up you walk a leg to yourself to try and exhaust your baby it's all the game you know it's all about out- outcomes you know you put the work in you get the outcomes that's what i'm trying to do with that but um yeah i'm, I'm glad i'm back at it and i think um i, I think again I don't want to make an excuse but being out of the house has affected me a lot in terms of my ability to, you know, mentally be prepared for training. You know, again, it's such an important thing to feel at home, like not living out of suitcase. You know, you, you kind of just, you need to just, you know, you're always on the go. You don't feel like you can fully settle. You can't just get up first thing, go to the gym or, you know, do anything like that. You just kind of feel like you're you're forever just on the go and it has a touch about holidays as well so you just rather than be able to stack your fridge and freezer in advance you don't know how long you're going to be somewhere you only buy food that you can eat sort of quickly you know you're preparing your food as you get it you're maybe ordering some takeaways in more than you would you know you're definitely just not being strict with yourself and if you want a treat you have a treat you know whereas i think that's the most important thing about training or trying to lose weight um, you need to be in the right frame of mind, you know. And if you're having like, as I was finding difficulties with the house stress about that, you know, I was kind of maybe um, overcompensating for that by just eating, you know. And that's, that's a problem. That's how you end up getting fat. So if I had to just tell myself, look, bro, use your brain. Tell yourself no. You don't need to eat. You know, if you're hungry, you know, hey, it's going to sound shit to say it, day one into a diet. Hey, man, if you're hungry, drink some water. <laughs> you know, it's definitely not sweet, but I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be intermittent fasting as well. So I'll not be eating within 
10 hours of first eating of a day. So if I get up and I eat at 10 o'clock, that means the last bit of food I can have in the day is at 8. Or, you know, same thing if I get up and I eat early, say I'm eating at 8 o'clock, the last thing I have to eat is at 6, and that's me. You know, and I just feel like that's a way to hopefully get my body cooking again, you know, make it a bit of a, a fat furnace. That's what I want to do. I just want to get the the metabolism up I want to get the, the fat burning threshold up I just want to be able to what goes in doesn't have to be delicious it's not a treat eating you know to me I'm a big fan of eating shock horror you know what I mean I like the taste of food I like going out for dinner I love good wine I like good food yeah I'm pretty much like Henry VIII in the 21st century you know what I mean that's how how I like to be whereas I would, it would help me being like one of those people who just eat because it's a fuel, you know, I know some people, like Shane, Shane's a bit like that, like he's not a massive foodie guy, he just eats, you know, he can eat, eat plain food and stuff, because it's just a fuel, you know, he's not mad in eating, and hence why he is a slim guy, you know, so if I could get my mindset more around to that, I'll be flying, but I'm just a bit, I feel like I was really invested in this heavyweight cut, and then the flipping, the house fucked up, and it just left me sort of four months behind schedule whereas now if i start training now i figure by sort of the turn of the year again that's going to be my big unveil i took a photo of myself on new year's eve last year topless in the mirror in my bathroom and i'm going to do one again this new year's eve and i'm going to post both pictures onto the on my social media just and, I, and if it's the same so be it if it's worse so be it if it's better great you know but if it is bad I just need to deal with the consequences of that. You know, I need to put my hands up and go, I didn't, I didn't succeed. And I'll embarrass myself into doing better, you know. And I mean, look at this. If Stephen Nolan can do so well in 14 weeks or whatever it is he's been training, I can do that as well. So, you know, it's trying to pull the finger out. So all you guys out there, hopefully, if you have been stalling in your progress and you have been looking for updates on a weekly basis, you know, sorry, I've let you guys down, but hopefully you guys have been powering on too and uh, I'm really focused again and I'm ready to go so hopefully before I go away on my holidays next week I'll be able to say yep I've been training every day I've done something that's the whole point of having a gym in my garage that I do something every day and I watch my diet and I train you know maybe have one cheat meal a week just to keep myself in like a regular life you know I'm not a bodybuilder I'm not a you know I'm just a normal guy so I need to have some you know out at least once a week just to keep me ticking over otherwise I'll end up just gorging all the time you know and that's just me I just do everything in excess you know let me see just go on the listeners questions here now I feel like um, I feel like it's been a little bit of a of a ranty podcast and that's not um, really how I'm feeling. Um, let me see. Listeners' questions first and foremost onto Instagram. Um, there we are. Holly Crooks has said, "Hi Dave, hope you're well. Is there a set date for Boy Town Live? P.S. Chris Barr is a dick. Whoa." Whoa, 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 hold on. I don't know what the beef is between yourself and Chris Barr. I just want to say 
that um, he is like if I die if I ever die Chris Barr will be it'll be Chris Barr's weird podcast you know he'll have to come in and take over the mantle I will in my will leave passcodes and everything to not obviously my personal computer because I mean hey you know I don't, I don't want Chris Barr going down long term but um, I will leave him the passcode to my SoundCloud and he can just get in and take over because hey he is my second in charge but you know Holly if you're some personal issues there or whatever um, you know, hash that out off the podcast. I, I am for, I am for slandering my boy. You know, same as way if he said something about you, hey, I wouldn't slander you. You know, but um, the day for Boytown Live is yes, the fifth of June, which is Wednesday, the fifth of June. Um, I am back from my holidays on the fourth of June, and I'm just straight back into live Boytown. You know, I, again, I was, we were planning to do the 3rd of June, but I was like, yeah, 3rd of June sounds good. Fully forgetting I'm going holidays. So, yes, it's the 5th of June is Boytown Live in the Accidental Theatre. Tickets will hopefully be up live, ready to buy this week sometime, because if they're not, hey, we ain't going with nobody there. But, yeah, I'll get on the Shane about that as soon as I finish recording here and be like, any effing chance on a poster and some stuff. But, yeah, the 5th of uh, June is the date for Boytown Live. And, hey... What I'm going to say is, Holly, reach out. Right right now, if you're listening, Holly, reach your hand out. Reach it out. Close your eyes. Picture Chris Barr, okay? Just picture him. Picture him reaching out. Because, Chris, if you're listening, reach out. You close your eyes. Reach out. Picture Holly. You touch hands. You make friends. That's what we're doing. We are bonders. We're in the bondage here in the Weird Podcast. And I, as the bondage master, am making the two of yous bond. So you're welcome. Um... Whoa. My boy William Palmer said, Hey man, firstly need to apologize for losing the run on myself during my first podcast question. I've listened to about 15 of these boys in the last week and have to say, very hot, very spicy podcast. Have you since returned to your parents and toddlers with Holly? And if so, did you have to go back with some sort of preparations? Um, what, or if you had to go back, what sort of preparations would you make, my man? I'm talking weapons, martial arts training, appropriate clothing... Also, any potential con guys for backup? Hey, man, um, I'm going to say, first and foremost, I don't think I can bring a cum squad with me to um, to a mother and toddlers. You know, there'd be too many questions asked because, you know, if you are a properly cum guy, you know, especially in Northern Ireland, it's frowned upon for you to have kids, you know, especially the DUP event to say, you know, what am I trying to say? Are most cum guys homosexual? Yeah, you know, am I a cum guy? Yeah, am I homosexual? Uh, n- no, but I'd definitely say to my squad, I'd say to the cum squad, hey, you hang back. You know, don't you worry about mother and toddlers because we got to go low spec. we got to go in under the radar. They know that I'm a parent. I'm, they'll welcome me in there. They won't ask any questions. You know, I'll get in there. And basically what my weapon will be, will be eye contact with adults, you know. I will be making sure that I'm, you know, doing like sleight of hand like I was in Tenerife with David Mead. He taught me some magic. You know, he taught me the sleight of hand movement to be distract people with one hand, deliver pain with the other. So, you know, for example, if I'm talking to a mum 
and she's got a real bad boy son and he's doing my head and he keeps smacking into me on a trike or like rubbing food on my jeans or some shit especially when I'm in physique mode I'm trying to just you know keep keep that good food in and I don't want to be eating a mushroom vilavon you know what I mean I would just be looking in the mum's eyes waving my right hand you know like making her focus there whilst also using a real stiff jab in my left hand just to put that wee punk on his ass you know, albeit it would probably be more noticeable whenever I delivered the Hollywood Hulk Hogan leg drop to him while he was on the ground. But, you know, that would be it. But definitely I would, um, you know, if I was going to this mother and daughters again, I would definitely be more up for getting myself to the front of the the food queue because those mums, they don't mess about. You know, those mums head in. They're like, yeah, I'm paying 150 to come to Smother and Toddlers. Do you think I'm paying this to get my kids entertained for an hour? I'm like, fuck, I'm coming here for delicious home-baked cakes. I'm coming in for sandwiches that are rolled as if they're like a wee, a wee cake roll. I'm coming in, I'm eating those crisps, I'm eating that salmon on croute. I'm eating it all, you know. But I would get the front of the line, be smart to them by eating more than they could ever imagine. You know, that's how I would get them. And hey, it is what it is. Chris Barr managed to just be made friends again with Holly Crooks. Has uh, has said again another another one with another great story. He said, "Hey Dave, hope you're getting settled back into your house." Yes, my man, I'm feeling great. Think you'll particularly like this week's story as it regards muscles. Oh hey. If ever there's a guy who enjoys muscle, it's me. Let me see. The story this week. Oh, whoa. Purple Aki is back. Muscle obsessive spotted touching young lad's biceps in Manchester. A notorious muscle obsessed boogeyman dubbed Purple Aki has been spotted squeezing a man's bicep in Manchester city centre only three years after a 10-year ban stopping him from doing it was lifted. Akinwali Araboli, a.k.a. Purple Aki, has been spotted getting up to his old tricks again. Hey, you know what they say? A leper can't change its spots, my man. He was slapped with a 10-year ban in 2016, stopping him from touching people's muscles after he was released from prison for indecent assault and harassment. The 6-foot-5-inch tall bodybuilder from Liverpool is famous in the northwest area for approaching young men in public places and harassing them to show off their physiques by doing exercise. He also hangs around gyms and sports halls asking people to do squats or measure muscles. Hey, to be fair, he sounds like my kind of guy. But he's been spotted again. His Facebook page, Stockport Memes, posted a snap of Purple Aki feeling a man's muscle at the tram stop in Manchester with the caption, Purple Aki at it again. <laughs> Very original caption. People reacted by sh- with shock on social media with one person saying, gotta love the commitment of the man. Another added, he's back. And another warned, he'll be coming for you next. But hey, in many regards, that's... Uh, that's quite a res- that's quite respectful, you know. If if you you have a physique that this clear fan of a good body wants to feel, you know, if you've got the the pump the purple a- Aki wants to feel, hey, you know your physique guy, you look good in the stringer, your nips pierced. That's where I'm th- I'm feeling. Let's read some more. Aki first became notorious in 1986 after the death of a 16 year old who was electrocuted in a railway line when he was alleged to be running away from him. Oh, right, okay, um. The muscle obsessor was convicted of manslaughter in 1988, but the decision was later overturned after judges ruled that he had not acted unlawfully. He's also the subject of a BBC documentary called The Man Who Squeezes Muscles. Whoa. Aki was described as a modern-day bogeyman and an internet sensation. It's claimed 
parents would tell their children not to stay out after dark, otherwise Aki would get them. He's also the subject of graffiti. Football banners referenced him as he appeared on flags at Glastonbury. In 2001, the bodybuilder pleaded not guilty to 50 indecent assault and harassment charges against more than a dozen teens. Um, but then he was convicted and banged up for two and a half years. Just months after his release, he was charged with 15 counts of harassment and sexual assault following massive investigation by Merseyside Police and given a six-year jail term after being branded a danger to young men. Hey, is he a danger to young men or is he just a confidence-boosting guy? Yes, albeit if he chased somebody um, chased it, if he chased somebody onto the railway lines and they electrocuted themselves to death, not sweet. You know, he definitely seems like a guy who has potentially... Um, you know, lost the run of himself. He definitely, I have that vibe off him of a guy who, you know, maybe he is somebody who struggles with his sexuality and gets some kind of kick out of feeling muscles. Now, I know I get a kick out of feeling muscles. It's not sexual, but I mean, I like to see people in good shape. I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, for fuck's sake, look at shape of him. I'm like, fair play to you, you know. Women too. I like to watch women in the gym pumping up. Not not like watch them whilst they're in the gym, but I like to see people doing it. It's good. It should be encouraged. Do you know what I mean? It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger traveling the world, heading to Africa to judge a skipping contest and some motherfucker drop kicks him. But I heard in the grapevine that the person who dropkicked Arnold Schwarzenegger had actually been misinformed by his mate who'd said that the action star in question was actually Liam Neeson. So, you know, being in like a township in Africa, they just heard about Liam Neeson's race storm and were like, I'm going to dropkick him. You know, I'm going to dropkick him. To them, they ran up, dropkicked him. They fell backwards off Schwarzenegger's back and all you heard him goes, Ah, what are you doing? You crazy... Ow! Ow! Whereas they would have known, obviously, it was Neeson, because he would have just turned around and hit them with a cosh. Like, so they did risk their own lives to do that. But, I mean, you know, that, that that's what we're all about. Us physique guys just out trying to do positive things. Maybe, you know, Purple Aki isn't, uh, isn't the sweetest physique guy, but, I mean, you know, he, he, likes, he likes what he likes. But Chris's question is, what's the weirdest thing you've seen at the gym? Um... Oh, well, <laughs> you know what? I think I've said this before, but it's definitely the weirdest thing I've seen in the gym. Um, a few honourable mentions. First of all, uh, I once saw a guy doing tricep pushdowns and he tried to be, t- be too heavy. This is when I was working in the gym. He put it too heavy. He, his hand slipped. The bar flew up, hit him in the face, knocked him out. I had to do first aid on him. You know, He came around and was like, Yo, why am I fully naked? And I was like, hey, brother, it just helps you. You know, like regulate your body temperature. I'm sorry I had to do that. You know, why am I covered in baby oil? Hey, it helps clear the pores. You know, but no, it was, was one of the weirdest things. Knocked out. Quite scary, actually, too, because genuinely I thought someone might have died on my watch, um, which wouldn't have been great. Uh, also, when I was training once, uh, Glenn Ross, the daddy, you know, one of the you know, Britain's strongest men, um, legendary strongman competitor from Bangor, was in the gym one day and I was just working out whilst he was on shift and I remember doing a deadlift and I had like stacked up the bar to like pretty much a personal best I was going for and I tried to lift it, couldn't quite lift it, I'd set it down, was resting for a bit, just sitting on the ground, busted, along comes Glenn Ross, just lifts the barbell, puts it onto the rack and goes, make sure you clear your weights away, make sure you clear your weights away mate. And I was just like, you motherfucker, I'm going to try and lift that again. He just lifted it like it was nothing, walked it over, popped it in the rack. Whereas me, 
trying my whole hardest to lift the weight that I've never lifted before. My whole body's absolutely banjaxed. He just walks and lifts us like it's nothing. Lifts it like it's a teddy bear being put back on a bed. You know, that was what he did. And he just laughed his big, stupid head off as he was walking back over to the table. <laughs> I said, you bastard. I had to unstack the whole weight, bring them all back, restack them again. And he was just laughing his big head off. Piece of shit. Um, but the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in the gym, shock horror, was in a gym change room. And not the time I saw Ian Paisley Sr. fully drying himself with a hairdryer. But one time I was just drying myself off after the shower and I see this guy walking towards the shower, butt naked, tanned all over, big piece on him, circumcised, cock ring, Brazilian wax, mid-60s, possibly 70s, wearing slider flip-flops with a towel over behind his neck, like round his neck. So he had his towel around his neck, he had a bald head, moustache, bit like Charles Bronson. But he was fully tanned all over and he was just waltzing his way to the shower with a Brazilian wax leading to a large dong penis with a piercing on it. He didn't have the nipples pierced, otherwise he'd be my kind of guy. But that was definitely, I was just like, what an odd style. Like, why not just have your towel around your waist? And then it dawned on me. He, he obviously is keen to show the people in the change rooms what he's about. You know, that's exactly what it was. So that was the weirdest thing. It's always stuck with me that this guy was doing that. Um... But yeah, it was uh, it was definitely weird. Um, let me see. Uh, that's all the questions from Instagram this week. So Twitter, not often Twitter dominates the questions. Normally it's an Instagram thing, you know. Um, but let's have a goosey a goosey gander and see what is on Twitter this week. Um, Darren Matthews has said, did you end up having to go back to Ikea or is that enough for the house? Um, yeah, fellow comedian Darren Matthews, I bumped into at Ikea. One day as I was coming out, as he was going in and, you know, it was like soldiers passing over. I was leaving Dunkirk, he was landing. You know, it was it's a terrible thing for a, a gentleman to be brought to Ikea against their will. But, um, no, I got everything I needed, haven't been back since. So, you know, um, there you have it. Um Septic Peg has said, asked me four questions, but hey, I only read one, so unlucky. Um, where do all the odd socks go? You know, I think they go, Purple Aki actually sneaks into people's houses and takes a sock to put over his dick while he's touching muscles so as he doesn't, you know, make a noticeable erection for people to see. Um, Dan Murphy has said, do you think there's any legs for a character in a sitcom who speaks in nothing but newspaper puns and swings imaginary cricket bats? Yeah, for sure. I think um, not only is there a place in a sitcom, I think there should be a sitcom called... Um, Marty's World and it's just a, a sitcom about a guy who loves to talk about England cricket especially when it's in crisis it wouldn't be too keen on it these days it's doing quite well but um, it, it would definitely there's some legs in that and that is indeed an in joke Mark Beggs has said who was your comedy inspiration when you were a young cub um, you know I probably didn't know too much about stand up when I was a wee boy you know um, I feel like when I was little, I liked a lot of comedy movies. You know, I remember growing up being really into Austin Powers as a movie and really into Ace Ventura, you know. So they were probably two things that made me think, I actually liked doing funny things, you know. I'd watch them, obviously quote them like a loser, and uh, that was my sort of first young, youngish memories of liking comedy. In terms of stand-up, um, 
you know, the older I've got is probably my, my inspirations. I guess to say, like, Ricky Gervais is a big one for me. Also, here's one. Um, the people might know too well is Cat Williams. You know, I love Cat Williams. I think he's a really, 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 really funny stand-up. You know, last time I was talking about uh, Cat Williams, I said Cat Stevens, who's a, a great singer. You know, who sang some legendary songs like The First Cut is the Deepest or Father and Son, as more famously covered probably by Boyzone, you know. It's not time to make a change. Just relax, take it easy. You're still young, that's your fault. There's so much you have to go through. Find a girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. Not a bad Cat Stevens for a first go, actually. Could probably work on that. Um, but yeah, not like Cat Williams. Um, so that's probably my influences. Um, my main man, Nathan Cosilia, said, Hey, big strong guy. Just a quick question this week. Um, what are your top three types of crippies? Mine are one, bacon fries, two, beef space raiders, three, motherfucking limited edition, triple X chili and cheese Pringles, triple X, N. I like the way he signs it off, kind of like Liam Gallagher, as you are, LGX. Nathan Concilia likes to say triple X, N, because he's an X rated guy, and also his first initial is N for Nathan. But my fear, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna go down your estimation here, guy. I'm not a massive crisp fan, you know. And my sort of, my fatness mainly comes from eating loads of calories, loads two maybe two big portions, and uh, chocolate and ice cream are my things, you know, and beer probably. But um, in terms of crisps, I do like a bacon fry. I must say, in school, I'd have got a packet of bacon fries every day for break time, you know. And bear in mind, I'm not a crisp fan. So, you know, if I'm eating a packet of crisps every day, bacon fries would be up there. I also do like beef McCoys. You know, I think that's obviously... I also like, um, what were they called? They're buffalo flavour something or others. Buffalo flavour... I don't know what they are, but they're a yellow packet with a big buffalo on them. And they were nice. And obviously, everybody likes just regular Pringles, you know. I just like regular Pringles and obviously Tato. You know, that's hard to pick out of that, but it's a bacon fries, whatever those buffalo things are. And we'll say third place, Tato, cheese and onion. But thanks again, my man, for another great question. Tristan Glenn, hey, Big Papa. You said um, you had your homecoming party, but it was only for hunky guys. Wondering, did my invite get lost in the post? <laughs> I have my crisp and dry at the ready if you ever move again. Look, Tristan, um, I feel like I haven't fully had a homecoming party yet because I don't think um, that it would be too... You know, I don't think it would be too well received by my... Chinese friend Charlie the dog and my wife Catherine and my daughter Holly you know if I were to just have my kind of party because it would be like something that would happen in Elton John's house in the 80s you know that's exactly my dream kind of party yes there would be some poppers yes there would be oil yes there would be tarpaulin cheating in every room but you know it would be a good time but you would definitely be invited my friend that's the end of the questions for this week and it's very nearly the end of the weird podcast another week except guess what hey whoa shocker i've got a new review on the podcast this week 
And it's come from, I assume, a man, William Palmer, because the name is Willie Palmer. That could either be William Palmer or it could be somebody under some sort of different alias trying to make a joke about being a masturbator. I'm sure you've got that before, Willie. I'll not make that reference again. But hey, what a review. Five stars. Almost gave this podcast four stars for being too funny. The Papa Bear, a.k.a. the physique guy, is trying to get me fired and work by making me chuckle like a weird, weird guy. Worth it, though. Great podcast. Great guy. Great times. Thank you you very much Willie and um, really appreciate it so if you haven't already rated and reviewed the podcast guys be more like Willie get on rate and review if I could get up to 100 reviews whoa I don't know what to do I'd maybe just have that party you know I'd maybe have that big Elton John style party and invite everyone you know that's maybe what to do likelihood is I won't but you never know what what way I might wake up Um, other than that um, if you haven't already there's a very exciting show coming up um, on the 31st of May at the Limelight. My boy, Rory Woods, is doing his show, Panic Room. You see, what he's done there is he is a guy who's getting married. He's panicking, you know. Um, he is nervous about getting married. He's got a lot of great material. It's going to be a really good show. I'll be there in person myself, except I'm in Tormelinos on holidays. I'll be wearing nothing but a thong and a smile. You know, I ain't talking shoes. Because if I just won on it, would be weird. But yeah, Ray Woods Panic Room is at the limelight the 31st of May. There was only a few tickets left, I've heard, and they're only a tenner. So get on Ticketmaster or Shine.net, get those. If you're also on Shine.net, get yourself a ticket to Boytown Live on the 5th of June. Um, and also, if you want to come to Pug Uglies this Thursday to see myself, Colin Gaddis, and James McKegney, DM Pug Uglies. Otherwise, you ain't going to get a seat, baby boy. Guys, it's been fun one this week. I feel like I've been up. I feel like I've been down. I feel like I've been open. I feel like I've been closed. But it's now time for me to try and get up off my seat. Don't know if I'll be able to because I've got delayed onset muscle soreness after only a couple of hours. But hey, we'll all hang in there. I'll be back next week with episode 81. Make sure you rate and review and ask me questions. Otherwise, I'll be really sad. Enjoy your weeks and fuck off.